0: A 2018 study from the Music Industry Research Association found that 50% of musicians reported battling symptoms of depression. That's compared with less than 25% of the general adult population. We wanted to find out why. I'm George Boldarki, and this is Untangling the Chords, a podcast from WFUV News and Sound Mind Live focusing on the relationship between music and mental health. In this podcast, mental health experts, advocates, and musicians will share their expertise and experiences on the issue of mental health and provide practical advice on how to handle mental health challenges. In this episode, we're talking with Chris Bullard, the founder and director of Sound Mind Live, and our partner in this podcast series. Chris's organization brings together musicians, music lovers, and forward-thinking organizations to build community and open dialogue around mental health. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, George. So before we get into the great work that you do with Sound Mind Live, I want to talk about your own journey with mental illness. You live with bipolar disorder, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, I was diagnosed at the age of 27.
0: How surprised were you when you received that diagnosis?
1: I mean, completely surprised. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's something that is not talked a lot about, didn't even really know what that meant at the moment. And, um, you know, I think there were some, some signs that uh, my brain functioned in a different way than a lot of people, but in terms of what that actually meant and that it could be termed as, a, as an illness was something I, I never even considered until, until it happened.
0: What were the signs that led you to go in to get that all checked out?
1: So I had a manic episode. So, you know, with bipolar disorder, there's bouts of, of mania, uh, high energy, elevated and quick thinking, as well as uh, bouts of depression. My, my own experience, I've, I've experienced more the mania side, you know, it's different for everyone um, and, and less, um, you know, fortunately, not not a lot of depression in my life. Um, but I had a, a manic episode where, um, you know, I had racing thoughts. I was not getting a lot of sleep. Um, you know, for a lot of people that leads to actually like a lot of creative thinking, actually pretty late in the evening. And, uh, one night at the time I was, uh, my girlfriend at the time, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and well, actually I woke her up. <laughs> I was up until, you know, three or four in the morning, just kind of Thinking and I, what happens in, in when you're manic sometimes is your brain starts to connect dots that you know may not make sense to other people and um, I just I lived in L.A. at the time and I kept repeating I need to go to New York or I'm or I'm going to die um, and then just having this surge of energy to to act on something and just my my behavior kept becoming a little more abnormal and I wanted to walk to my parents' place and my parents lived. probably about 80 miles away, Um, but just kind of the idea jumped in my head to do that. And so, you know, eventually um, her, as well as my parents took me um, to uh, a psychiatric facility, um, well, initially to a hospital and then uh, to a psychiatric facility for 72 hours where uh, that's where I was diagnosed uh, eventually with bipolar
0: disorder. I know you've worked as a professional musician. Were you working as a musician at that time?
1: no i was switching a uh, career so i had, i toured for uh, about 2 years um subsequently uh i worked in, i was the first employee at a startup which grew really fast and that kind of gave me the experience to start my own company in la in the clean tech space and so interestingly you know a lot of mental health issues kind of spring out of moments of of high stress, um, and anxiety. Uh, and so this was a moment where I was under a lot of financial pressure. Um, I was starting a company for the first time, um, and was losing sleep over that. And, you know, in, in many ways, that was kind of a, an obvious trigger for something. And, you know, I was probably genetically predisposed to, but that, that's, uh, was, with post being a musician. Um, you know, well, Oh, he's a musician, you know, still creating... (laughs) But um, from a professional standpoint, I had had moved on into more of an entrepreneurial pursuit.
0: Chris is not alone in his diagnosis of bipolar disorder. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, about 2.3%, or 7.5 million Americans, share this diagnosis. Though the best treatment for any mental illness varies, Chris has certain things he does day to day to cope with his bipolar.
1: So for me, it's honestly a majority of those things that we just talk about as, as self-care anyway, for anyone um, getting enough sleep, getting enough exercise, a uh, balance of work and life, the The difference, you know, and then I take medication daily, which for bipolar disorder, it essentially regulates your mood. So you don't have too high highs or too low lows, but you know, the, all that other stuff, it, the way I like to describe it is it's kind of like just having a, another part-time job all the time where all this stuff that, that makes sense in terms of taking care of your own mental health, it's just more important to me because if, you know, I don't get enough sleep, uh, and I am under a lot of stress and I'm not, you know, at all, doing all those normal things we do and we talk about self-care, um, the impacts are, are more severe for me. Um, And, you know, one of the other things that I've found really helpful for my case, and I usually, as I talk to people who are dealing with whether it's bipolar disorder or or any other mental health issue is going to support groups, which is something that I initially kind of shrugged off because you have this image in your head, or at least I had this image in my head of what you see in TV and you kind of raise your hand and like, I'm Chris and I X, Y, and Z, um, And you know, even going to the first support group, I I kind of didn't understand what I was going to get out of it. But after forcing myself to go to a couple, it's this really beautiful thing of mentorship, where um, you find community of people that just kind of get your experience. Um, People who have kind of come out on the other end can shed some wisdom, and even myself going every so often now. Seeing a new person who's just come in and diagnosed and being able to tell them, like, hey, I've been there, and seeing how far I've come um, in managing, um, managing my bipolar disorder, um, it, it really brings a whole new sense of community to, to the aspect of it.
0: Chris saw how much having a community helped him on his mental health journey, so he decided to try to recreate that experience for others while tapping into his passion. Music, so we started a music support group that he says set him on a path toward founding Sound Mind life
1: after I moved to New York, I got an MBA and started working in the nonprofit space and had some extra time and and founded a music support program for uh, the New York affiliate of the National Alliance on mental illness and um, yeah, it was amazing I mean people really the purpose of the group was sit around, talk about music, play music, and and just use it as a means to connect with ourselves and each other.
0: Are you still doing that now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, it's just a a great way to kind of stay grounded to this community of people. And, and in that, in that group, you know, it's not just bipolar disorder. it's It's people of all, one all walks of life in terms of where they're coming from. Um, but also, you know, Struggling with different issues, be it anxiety, depression, um, or just, you know, really struggling in other ways, you know, from a mental health perspective, given everything that's going on with the pandemic right now, a lot of people are just facing a lot of mental health challenges that they might not have previously faced.
0: How easy was it for you, Chris, when you were diagnosed with bipolar to share that news with friends and family?
1: I personally struggled a lot. I, I think that's that's definitely a story for a lot of people. As I continue to talk to people about the stigma that exists, um, but in my own personal journey, you know, I grew up in a family that, you know, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll call it like liberal, pretty open family. Um, my friends were quite open people, um, but still. Um, mental illness was not really something that came up. And also part of it was my own education at that, you know, I was 27 years old. I wasn't new to this planet, but still didn't really know what it meant to be bipolar, to have bipolar disorder. And also to think of, you know, when you have a mental health condition, like this is something that, you know, it's your frame of reference on the world as you're going through some of these things and, To say, oh, that that's an illness that we kinda have to pathologically treat and fix. It also makes it even harder to to reach out when someone's saying you need to be fixed and and sometimes when you talk to certain people about it, you know, they might not know the right way to approach it, but that's sometimes how it is approached and that tends to make it even more difficult.
0: With 45% of mental illnesses going undiagnosed and untreated, it's so important to raise awareness. I asked Chris what he wishes people knew about bipolar disorder and those living with it.
1: Particularly with bipolar disorder, so many people who have been affected by it are extremely creative people. Um, Creative individuals are actually 25% more likely to carry genes associated with bipolar disorder. And I can't remember the statistic, but a surprising number of like... Pulitzer prize winning authors it was something like 30 or 40%. Um and you'll have to fact check me on that. I I think it's like 38% of Pulitzer prize winning poets were living with bipolar disorder and it's a condition that when appropriately managed you can live a very high functioning life um in in all walks of life. And it doesn't have, you know, there are a lot of creatives that live with bipolar disorder, but also people who are very high functioning in finance and law. And just people knowing that, because I think a lot of the fear also stems out of if I open up at this at work, are they going to think that I'm not capable of the job or I'm violent? Um, And that's another aspect where people with mental health conditions and bipolar disorder included are much likely to hurt themselves than others and um, you know, and, and the likelihood of hurting themselves is honestly like not r- ridiculously high or anything. It's not necessarily a harmful condition either. So it's, it's just important to have this knowledge that of, of what it is, you know, it's something that um, can really impact an individual's life and those and relationships around them, if not properly managed, but, not something that you can't be a productive member of society or a giving and extremely creative member in society.
0: Let's talk about this organization sound mind live that you created to foster dialogue around these issues, issues around mental health. What inspired you to create the organization?
1: So a lot of it was around my own experience at the Nexus of music and mental health. I mean, right. Like that's kind of obviously a through line in my life uh, or two through lines at kind of came together in certain ways and the impetus started like when I was doing this uh, group with National Alliance on Mental Illness and a report came out that 73% of musicians um, have dealt with depression and anxiety Uh, and you know that's a staggering statistic um, that is one extremely evident that the musical community needs a lot of support themselves, particularly with the lifestyles of a musician. But also there are a lot of musicians who are starting to speak up on this. um, And there's really an opportunity, seeing that there was such an opportunity to give a bigger voice to those musicians and and a voice that could build the same type of empathy and connection to this topic that we were building in the support group. And um, one of the things I actually saw when I was 27 and in a psych uh, ward there was a moment where I kind of like picked up a guitar started strumming and it was like the, the song, what I got by sublime, you know, like super simple song, but a song so many people know and can connect to. And just what I experienced in that moment was you had people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, different points in their journey, all kind of coming together around music and music is this common connector. And, um, Knowing, you know, I, saying I had performed with Willie Nelson, who's one of the founders of Farm Aid, which is really used music as this vehicle around bringing together uh, social change around the plight of family farmers, but nothing like that was being done for mental health, and that's really what Sound Mind has tried to do: is is use music as this vehicle to one normalize the conversation about mental health, and then work with other organizations who do provide direct services and support and crisis text lines, so that as we, we work with artists to elevate the conversation, people also know where, where they can turn um, when they're in need of support.
0: Who are among the artists that you've worked with?
1: So it's artists big and small. I mean, some of the notable names are, are Chad Stokes from the band Dispatch, uh, the band American Authors. Um, worked with Jade Bird, um, but also in, in other genres like jazz. Uh, the artist Casa overall is a fantastic jazz artist who um, we did a panel with up in Harlem. Um, uh, Diva Mahal is a musician um, in the jazz world. We've worked with, um, and then a whole host of lesser known independent artists, um, particularly as we started in, in here in the New New York uh, metro area, who you know, they have their own communities. Maybe it's not hundreds of thousands of followers, but they have a lot of passionate fans who are following them closely and are sometimes even more moved by just the people that they're, the, the artists that they're connected to so deeply opening up on these topics. Um, and, you know, it's it's been amazing to see, you know, across the board, uh, artists come together for our shows and, and now, you know, doing more kind of digital media campaigns um, to be able to talk about these
0: issues, right? The more we talk about it, the more we break that stigma.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, it's it, it it can be really simple things, and and it can come up in everyday conversation. And I think sometimes we skirt around it. Uh, some, you know, if if you're talking about health conditions, and if someone in your family struggles with diabetes, you don't necessarily skirt around the issue of my uncle has diabetes, but if if it is something like bipolar disorder and it's someone quite close to you, um, there's a dis- different sensitivity we have around it. And, you know, some of that sensitivity is definitely warranted. Sometimes we don't want to say the wrong thing because we, we don't know how to talk about it. But, you know, a lot of like we're talking about right now in the Black Lives Matter movement, it's like, well, let's, let's just try to take the right steps in talking about it and let's let's learn a little bit more and get more comfortable talking about this issue so we can talk about it and make some steps forward.
0: Chris, thanks so much.
1: Yeah, thank you, too.
0: The relationship between music and mental health is certainly a tangled one. But thanks to the great work of people like Chris and Sound Minds Live, the stigma around mental illness is being broken down. Next week, we'll work to keep untangling this issue by talking with Music Minds Matter, another organization that provides mental health help to the music community. Thank you for listening to Untangling the Chords. If you or someone you know is struggling with a mental health issue, check out Sound Minds Live's Mental Health Resource Toolkit at soundmindslive.org slash resources. I'm George Borarki, our writer for this episode is Rebecca Gutierrez. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions. We'll see you next time.